Sometimes you gotta go back to actually move forward. I don't mean all the way back to dental school. Let's face it, that was an awful experience. But when it's all said and done, you still have questions. That's what Paul and Justin are here for. To answer your questions as your dental business mentors. What's up, everybody? This is Dr. Justin Buller. I'm here with Paul Etchison. Paul, what's up, brother? Dude, what is up? Man, you know, not a lot. I really like this new format, being able to see your, your face here. Like, Paul and I were doing this over the phone before. Couldn't see each other while we're doing it. This is this is better, man. Yeah, I had to put on a hat because I like just woke up not too long ago, and I'm like, okay, I don't want to see my hair all a mess. I do my hair. Yeah, I comb my hair for you. It's longer since I saw yeah, you last. Longer. Are yeah. you not getting a cut? No, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep this kind of South Florida Miami look for a while. Are you gonna do the ponytail? No, no. <laughs> it's not gonna take it that far. <laughs> Justin's hair is pretty long. It's like slicked back on all sides, but he's looking pretty well kept. So, yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank you. And you look like you're getting some sun, like even up there in way up north. If you listen to our last episode, so yeah, I don't, I don't like whitening my teeth because it's they make them sensitive sometimes, and then you know I gotta, I gotta do all that. So I just go to whiten my teeth. I just darken my skin, and yeah. all of a sudden it's brighter. You know, it's my strategy. That's nice. That really, you know, yeah. I do red lipstick, but anyway, what are we doing yeah. today? <laughs> you get a tan, and all of a sudden everyone's like, "Oh, wow, your teeth look so white." Thank you, appreciate. it. Nice, nice. Okay, so our question today from our listeners, and this one's a cool one because I, I get this quite a bit. I, I even get this, I like people send this into my podcast. So our question today, I'm in dental school, and this person didn't, well, they did write, but let's just, they wrote what year they are, they're actually a D3, but someone in dental school, let's say someone like a D3, D4, because I think a D1, D2 is a little bit different than D3, D4, you're seeing patients. So I say, I'm a D3, D4, or D4 in dental school, I'm really excited about practice ownership, blah, blah, blah. What should I be doing right now on top of my existing workload to prepare me better for when I have my license? Yeah, great question. So when I was in dental school in my third year, so it was my third year, I was a D3 at that time as well. I wanted to go, I didn't have any real experience in the dental industry. Of course, I'd shadowed a few dentists before I got in, just wanted to see what it was all about watched them do some root canals and things like that. I struggled to stay awake, to be honest. It was rough. Um, it wasn't the easiest thing to do to just sit there and watch people do dentistry when I didn't really have a clue about you know what they were doing. It was so above my head and all that. So I really enjoyed the sidebar conversations about private practice with them. So I thought, okay, well, how can I learn more about the technical side of dentistry I'll learn as I start doing it and get experience with it? And dental school's teaching me, you know, enough, you know, to not kill anybody. So I'll, I'll leave with that. But what I'm not going to have is this like practice management stuff or patient communication, right? And patient communication to me is like 90% of what we're doing when we're talking about treatment plans with patients. And it's not even about the knowledge you have. It's how it's stated to them that's important. So I think I would start working on things like that, like patient communication. I would invest all your time in figuring out how you're going to talk to people and how you're going to get them to do the dentistry that you want them to do. So you don't run into the number one challenge I think most associates have next to improving their clinical skill, which is people don't want the dentistry that I'm offering them. Like it's not like dental school. They don't accept everything I say. So, so I would say learn to communicate. How are you going to do that? You're going to find a bunch of people that 
that can help you out with it. So here's what I did. And I wouldn't recommend you follow this process because it's archaic now. It's like 12-year-old process. Uh, What I did is I contacted a thousand dentists. Okay. I came up with the number of a thousand. I figured that'd be good enough. And I, I had a letter that my wife and I personally signed and we mailed it to all of them with whatever to their office. I got a response rate back then of approximately 10%. Legit a thousand. Out of a thousand people. Yeah. So I I got a response rate from about a hundred dentists. I think it was like 90 something dentists. Then we talked on the phone with a sample of those and I connected with eight or 10 of them. I actually flew out to places. I flew up to Northern Canada. I flew out to the East Coast of the United States. I just went there and spent free time with them. And I formed a relationship and, you know, I started to collect information that I didn't have. So that's what I would do with my free time, man. I would learn about everything dental school is not teaching you. And you're not going to A, know what that is yet and it to a full extent. And even if you do, you're still going to need someone to fill in those voids. So go find that person who's who you want to be, but further ahead of the timeline. And foster a connection and relationships. What I would change is I would do it geographically. Now I was all over the map because I was trying to get a pulse on the demo, like the market as a whole. I had other intentions. If I were you, I would just hit up as many people as possible in your local region where you're going to practice. And you know, at the worst case scenario, you're going to get you know a great associate position out of it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. We want to do something, and I can tell you when I was in dental school, I did not want to do any of these things. I was just worrying about like getting my requirements done, but I had a uh, hour and a half commute there and an hour and a half commute back. So maybe that had something to do with it too, because I spent so much time, my time traveling, but there's not a whole lot you can do, like just graduate. And you know, what I always tell people when they email me this question is like, read books. You know, I I think books are really helpful, self-help books, communication books, but as well, shadowing another dentist, go find, and you should do it geographically. And this is very easy to do. Go and Google and just type some town around you, dentist, and just find it. And if there's nobody up there that has like hundreds of five-star reviews, just keep looking. But go find these offices that have all these five-star reviews because at the helm of that office is likely a good leader, a good communicator, and they probably have some good systems. It's a nicely run practice. It's reflective of the amount of five-star reviews they have. And then go just spend a day with them. And I think the clinical stuff you're not there so much for the clinical as much as I, I think it's helpful to see how fast a seasoned dentist can do things. But for the most part, it's for in between the patients, asking questions, and also just listening how they how they talk with their patients. Because that's the hardest part to learn. And dental school does just such a horrible job of teaching us how to do that. And it's like you just got to unlearn that as soon as you get out because the way we talk to our patients in dental school is not real life. It, it just doesn't work that way. You need to be a little bit more persuasive. You need to use better words. You need to not overcomplicate. And that's a gift. And it takes a little bit to learn it. So yeah, I'd say if you're in dental school and you want to do something, I guess this would be co-curricular, I think would be the, the proper word. We were talking about the vocab words. Does that make sense, Justin? Co-curricular? You know what? I make up words all the time, so it makes sense to me. I get it. <laughs> all right, so co-curricular. You want to do something co-curricular, get out there and find some dentists to shadow. Just, yeah. just pick 10. Yeah. Don't be like Justin and like send it out to a 1,000 people. I Justin mean, graduated would, top would, of his class. I would cast a wide net if you want to learn more, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, I wouldn't replicate my process because there's easier ways to do this now. I mean, there's so many more dental Facebook groups and all that type of stuff. That wasn't around when I was doing this 12 yeah. years ago. What else wasn't around is like people who are on these podcasts and, you know, talking about stuff openly. 
none of that was available. So you got so many free resources now where you don't have to travel like I did. You can kind of find out who the studs are in your area now and, and just go directly to them. But how we form relationships now is, is different, you know, and people are more open to, I would say, conversations like that, mentorship. And no one mentioned the word mentorship back then. I didn't, I yeah. didn't know what the mentor, like, what is a mentor? Like, you know? yeah, I thought it was like, like a breath mint. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's different now. And I would, I would just start putting feelers out there, getting out there, talking to people. Double down on communication. Read Paul's book. Yeah. Right? That's a good book. Read the book about patient experience. And uh, there's all kinds of other things. But the premise is how to knock people's you know socks off, so to speak, and so that you can retain them long term and grow a great practice. So what about your book? Well, read High Performance Practice. Read, check out my book, too. It's High Performance Practice. You can find it on our websites. We can even put it in the show notes if you want. My book's a little bit, it's more tactical on different things. We, we wrote about different topics, but if you merge those two, I think that's an unstoppable resource right there. Start there, man. Yeah. You know, I, I'd like to observe you drinking with me in a bar after all this virus stuff is over. I miss that. <laughs> yeah, I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> Justin can drink and so can Etch. So uh, I think anyone who's met me in person at a seminar, they, they know that. <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right. So get, we put a period on that. Yeah. So just get out there and observe. There's really not much more to do. Man, graduate. You got enough going on. I, I just, I never had the energy to do anything else other than dental school, but good for you if you're asking that question. Anything you want to add, Justin? No, I think, I think the very fact that you just said right there, if you're asking that question, you're already ahead of the game. Just, uh, you know, follow through on a little bit of what we talked about and you'll be good to go. Awesome. All right. Until next time, send us your questions, info at dentalbusinessmentor.com.